There comes a time when even the strongest among us must seek refuge in times of uncertainty. It is during these times that we stand on the foundation of a resilient Tiger Nation that has always prevailed during turbulent times. From the civil unrest on our campus 50 years ago to a new reality of today, we are still Tiger strong and we have much to be proud of. Proud of a diverse student body of scholars, leaders, artists, and athletes who are top, talented, and trained. Proud of a faculty and staff who are committed to challenging minds and changing lives. And proud of our 2020 graduates who have proven that they are ready to make an indelible mark in their chosen professions. Jackson Fair, Jackson Deer. We will always love our dear old college home, and we will continue to prevail. Because tough times don't last, tough people do. fans welcome to the official tiger talk with the 1400 club podcast bringing you all the latest news updates and buzz surrounding your mighty jsu tigers i am the Corey c be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode apple podcast users rate and review the show and everyone Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Neely. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I have my right hand man, my man on the right, Neely, joining me for this episode. Welcome in, my friend. Thanks a lot, Charles Bishop. How you been, brother? Good to be back with you as always. No doubt about it. And, and you know, this is uh, going to be another great episode. You know, one of the things uh, we like to do at Tiger Talk is act as a conduit, if you will, or, or bridge with our fans and alumni from uh, a prior generation uh, by talking to some of our Jackson State legends. So uh, this is going to be another episode where we look forward to kind of walking down memory lane and, and introducing another generation to one of our Jackson State basketball legends. Yeah, man, I I, I think, Chuck, that uh, one thing that, you know, you look at just the, the ebb and flow of, of the popularity of basketball, uh, you know, we're back in that heyday where the NBA, you know, is the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. You know, the success that they were able to have, you know, even with the bubble during the pandemic, uh, you look at the success of college basketball, even with the one and done kind of programs, that this is one of those eras where you can see that basketball is is again on the hearts and minds of everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this guest and I, I think everybody's going to enjoy us having them on. Oh, of course. Uh, our guest this episode, he's a Hattiesburg, Mississippi native. His college career at Jackson State spanned from 1974 to 1978. He was a three-time All-SWAC selection as well as a three-time All-American. He was the SWAC MVP for the 1977-1978 season. 
He holds Jackson State's career records for most points scored, highest scoring average, and most field goals. He was inducted into the Swag Hall of Fame in 1998 and the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame in 1999. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, none other than the great Purvis Short. Welcome in, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, such a wonderful introduction. And uh, Neil and Charles, uh, it's great to be here with you guys today. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and, and taking time to uh, come on our podcast. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, I've listened to your show before. You know, I think you guys do a wonderful job, man. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, all Jacksonians should be proud. Really appreciate that. Really yeah, appreciate that. Yes, indeed. Well, first and foremost, before we even get into it, uh, Purvis, I, I mean, this is uh, a really unprecedented time, especially with uh, COVID-19. And I just wanted to start by asking, uh, how have you and your family been doing during this time? Well, thank you so much for that. And again, uh, thanks for having me on. But uh, my family and I, we've, uh, you know, we've been doing uh, extremely well. Uh, my son did contract the virus uh, a couple of months mm -hmm. ago. Uh, thank God uh, all went well uh, for both he and his wife and their family. And so everybody came, came out of it uh, well. Uh, but other than that, you know, we've been, uh, you know, just trying to stay safe just as everyone else has and trying to adjust to this new norm. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's good news to hear, man, that he is, you know, recovering and your family is safe. And, and we are having a new norm. And, and 2020 has been some challenging times and uh, particularly some losses that we've had with some of our JSU uh, legends of coaching. You know, we, we lost W.C. Gordon this year and and recently lost uh, our leader in, uh, in wins, you know, Coach Covington. Yes. And, and Purvis, just want to, you know, hear your thoughts, man, on, on what did Coach Cove mean to you as a player and your player development? Well, first of all, uh, certainly, uh, you know, again, you know, extending condolences to the family and, uh, you know, hope that, uh, you know, they are doing as well as can be expected when you have to deal with such a heavy loss. Uh, you know, Coach Covington's impact on me, man, was just, uh, I feel, extraordinary. Uh, you know, for a young kid coming out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, aspiring to, you know, put on that blue and white and having him as a coach. But the things that he taught me that I've carried with me to this day has been, number one, you know, you should always have a plan in life. You know, never just drift day to day, not knowing, you know, where you want to go because you'll end up anywhere. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, there was this thing about perseverance or perseverance. Uh, you know, in order to uh, achieve any type of success, you know, one has to uh, persevere. You know, uh, oftentimes that success may not happen exactly along our timeline. But, you know, uh, um, uh, what he taught me was that if you put in the work, you put in the time, you stay committed to, you know, that dream, you know, eventually, you know, it'll happen or you'll come pretty, pretty close to it. You know, and, and, and thirdly, you know, there was just a, a, a teaching of professionalism, you know, and what I mean by that is just, you know, the way that you carry yourself, but more importantly, the way that you uh, interact with other people. You know, Coach Covington was always, uh, you know, very outgoing. He had this this one of a kind personality where he could, you know, talk to anyone on any level and you know, was always approachable, always friendly. And so throughout life, as you go through your journeys, you know, one has to 
interact with people and be, you know, respectful, always be courteous, et cetera. So those are, uh, I think the three, you know, main things that, uh, 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 you know, I think he, he left with me that I've carried throughout my life. Now there are certainly basketball points that, you know, you never just forget, but you know, uh, coach Covington was more of a life teacher, you know, he was great at basketball, but he was uh, certainly a life a, a life teacher, and I enjoyed the many conversations, you know, I had with him uh, over the years, and you know, certainly respect all that he did for the program at JSU. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Good, good info. Yes, indeed. You know, purpose. I'm, I'm, and I've said this on this podcast before. I am really fascinated about this time period at Jackson State, uh, from the early '70s to, to to the late '70s. Uh, by the sheer number of, of future pros uh, that was on campus, and, and even Hall of Famers. Uh, I mean, some of the most recognizable names in Jackson State Athletics history. Uh, your times, they, they sort of overlap there uh, at Jackson State. Uh, not only were you at Jackson State, but your brother Eugene. He was yes. the Slate Player of the Year in 1974-1975. And, of course, Walter Payton, Jackie Slater, Robert Brazil. Ricky Young, they were all on campus uh, during the time, you know, you were there in terms of uh, you all's time overlapping, even Eddie Payton in, in 73. But what was it like being a student and an athlete during that time period? Of Man, it was, uh, it, it, it was unbelievable. It was truly one of the most uh, exciting and important uh, uh, times as far as sports history, you know, mm-hmm. I think is concerned because, you know, during that time, you know, uh, uh, few years, you know, apart from integration beginning and all of those things. And, you know, at that time, you know, a lot of black athletes didn't have the luxury of being able to choose, you know, to go to school wherever they they wanted to go. And uh, also during that time, you know, uh, uh, HBCUs had a great reputation at that time in terms of, you know, uh, 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 gathering talent. Mm. Uh, And so growing up, all I ever heard of, man, was Jackson State Alcorn and all of those. And once my brother went to JSU and I finally got a chance to attend one of the basketball games, I mean, you know, there are moments in life where you just know this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that first game that I ever attended watching him play, I knew in the snake pit. In the snake pit. Snake pit. Jackson State was where I was supposed to be. And, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, that era, uh, and it, 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 it should never it, it should never be forgotten, you know, because, uh, you know, there was a there's a history there. There's a legacy there that's so important, uh, I think, to today's athletes, uh, you know, having to interact with the Walter Payton's, the Robert Brazil, the Vernon Perry's, the Jackie Slater's, you know, uh, uh, my brother, Henry Ward, Ricky Berry, Glendale Jones, you know, name mm. may not be. Mm. You know, familiar Al Smith, you know, names yes. may not be familiar, you know, to, to a lot of people, man. But the swag, uh, I tell you, man, you know, when I got drafted in 1978, uh, I was very confident that, you know, uh, I could play, you know, with NBA caliber players just based on the level of talent that I played uh, against my four years at Jackson State and, and the talent that I played with. I felt that overall we had as much talent uh, as any conference in the country any uh, university in the country and so for me it was just a matter of trying to get to a place where you know i could play develop 
But uh, mm-hmm. I tell you, uh, this 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 era that you're speaking to, uh, again, you know, it's it's one of great history. Uh, it's one that should not be forgotten. And most importantly, you know, it's one that 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 all of us, particularly, uh, you know, JSU alumni, current JSU uh, students uh, should never forget, man, because mm. those, those were treasured yeah. moments. Well said. Well said. And, and, you know, and that's part of the reason, man, where we just love having legends like yourself come on the show, because this show is you know, just kind of that bridge between generations of JSU fans, uh, because a lot of people, you know, you come to Jackson State and, and, and you know, we're great uh, and we're great while you're there. But you don't uh, truly know the shoulders of the people that these programs stand on. Uh, and so without that looking back and saying, hey, well, now this is why we have this reputation you know, at the AAC is because of what used to happen at the snake pit. Mm-hmm. And I know the snake pit is, you know, an auditorium for more theatrical things now, but there was a different kind of theatrics in the early seventies <laughs> that we want our fan base to understand. So man, just glad you, you tying it all together for us. Well, yeah, that, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's so important because, you know, whatever success, uh, you know, I've had, you know, to this point in my life, whatever success guys like Walter Payton or, you know, any athlete that that, you know, played at Jackson State, you know, all that you see in me is the result of all the people that lean into me during my time uh, at, at Jackson, because that's where the foundation was laid, you know. And so, you know, there were guys that I played against that, you know, I learned something from. There were guys that I played with that I learned a tremendous amount of things from. And also there were guys that, you know, whether you were coached by them, whether you were just able to talk to them, uh, you know, while you were on campus, whatever, there's a lot of people that pour into you, you know, so I never felt that I achieved anything on my own. You know, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today had not Coach Covington, you know, spent time in Hattiesburg in the living room trying to convince my mom that, you know, Jackson State was the place for me. And, you know, guys like our assistant coach, John Chennault, Aaron Sellers. You know, John Chennault, I was drafted by the New York Giants. Uh, Aaron Sellers, uh, you know, uh, spent some time uh, with the Chicago Bulls. You know, all of these guys. So that was, a, uh, you know, kind of this expectation that, you know, uh, uh, we were always to reach farther. You know, no matter what you did at Jackson, you know, uh, to leave a legacy, you got to continue that. You got to continue to build on that. So, you know, whether it was myself, my brother, Audie Norris, you know, uh, all of these guys, man, uh, Lindsey Hunter, you know, uh, uh, the list is long. Uh, It's a great list, man. Cornell Warner. I mean, it's just so many guys, man. You just, yeah. You know, at the end, too, you know, I think, you know, what's, what's often forgotten is that, uh, uh, and excuse oh, no, me for being so long-winded here, but I, but, I, but I think this piece is really important. You know, what's oftentimes is forgotten when people talk about, you know, the success that one has uh, at Jackson or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, it should be pointed out that there was a lot of hard work involved. Uh, I'll never forget my freshman year. Uh, I thought I worked hard in trying to pr- improve my game, and so. Uh, Walter, uh, you know, uh, Peyton uh, would often come back. He came back after his first year with the Bears and, uh, you know, he invited some of us to want to work out with him. And I took him up on that. And uh, uh, when I saw how hard he worked, you know, how dedicated he worked, I knew if I wanted to be a great player, 
uh, that I certainly had to raise that level. And hard work and smart work has always mm. been a consistent trait of any successful athlete. And that's what, you know, uh, these HBCUs, that's what, uh, uh, you know, Jackson State, these are the things that oftentimes go unnoticed. You know, kids think, you know, well, I got to go to a big school to be noticed. I got to go to a big school to, you know, uh, make it to the NBA. No, you don't. You know, what you have to do is is is, is be committed mm-hmm. to your to your work ethic. What you have to do is be committed mm-hmm. to the way you carry yourself, because our scouting today is so sophisticated, man. They'll they'll find you mm-hmm. if you're playing for Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right about so, that. That You know, it used to be a time that that scouting, you had to get out and be on the road and eyeball things. And but now, man, when you can hit a button 30 seconds after a game ends and you got all the stats you know, that you need. And if you're putting up the numbers, you're exactly right. I mean, they, 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 they will find you. Uh, you know, one thing you touched on, you know, during, during that era, you said that there were players you played against that you learned from and players that you played with that you learned from. And so in that 1974, 75 season, you know, you, you, you're at Jackson state and this is the year that you actually get to suit up with your brother, Eugene. Now he's averaging 26 points a game. You're averaging 15, the team goes 25 and four in the regular season champs. So, you know, you talked about Coach Cub coming to your mom's couch and recruiting you, your brother is there. What was it like in that atmosphere to be teammates with your, with your brother and the success that y'all were able to have in that season together? Oh, man. Uh, words cannot describe it. I would give anything to relive. Uh, those times. I mean, you know, uh, first off, just playing with my brother was a dream come true. I always wanted uh, to do that. And we got a chance to play together that one year. Uh, but I learned so, you, you know, Eugene was such a gifted athlete. You know, everything came really natural to him. And he could have uh, succeeded in any sport, football, baseball, basketball. You know, he played all of those sports in high school uh, or whatever and, and was really good at it. Uh, I, on the other hand, I mean, I had to work hard every day just to be, you know, decent. But uh, I learned a tremendous amount from him, mainly, uh, you know, just being consistent every night. You know, to be a great player, you know, you can't be good one night and, and not be good the next night. So I learned consistency. But, man, we had we had a crew that to this day uh, I feel that, that was probably one of the best teams that ever came through any uh, HBCU era. I mean, we had Henry Ward. uh you know, play for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, uh, they talk about how high, how high David Thompson uh, could leap, you know, with his 42 or 44-inch vertical, whatever uh-huh. it was. Henry was right there and may have been able to jump higher, man. Uh, and I played against David, so I, you know, I've seen, it, seen him up close and personal. Uh, you know, Glendale Jones, one of yeah. the best point guards who ever lived that uh, – uh, you know, really had this court vision and awareness and could find you. I mean, you could be open in the dark, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, last but not least, you know, uh, obviously Al Smith was one of the most talented players I ever played with. Al could do things, you know, that, you know, you see guys like uh, uh, Dr. J do, you know. Uh, Al was just just an unbelievable talent. And then Ricky Barry. Uh, you know, the shooting guard that was on that team. Uh, to this day, uh, I feel that Ricky was mm-hmm. one of the best shooters I ever seen. You know, and uh, 
Uh, so, man, you know, uh, uh, one of the things I learned early on, and you know, because while I was in school, I used to read a lot. You know, we we didn't have a cable and all of this, so you had to read about uh, you know great players, and you had to read about the history. And I wanted to know the history of uh, the SWAC and 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 get the guys that had came before me and the guys' shoulders that I was standing on and what they had did, what they had accomplished, and. You know, I read anything I could get my hands on, man. And and one of the things that always stood out to me that uh, all successful people, they take mm-hmm. a little bit from everybody. You know, you know, God didn't give us everything that we needed. You know, he gave us enough, you know, to, to put us on that road. But, you know, to get to where he wanted you to be, man, you know, um, um, uh, you had to, you know, borrow, if you will you know, from other people. So, you know, there was moves and things that I learned from Rick Berry in terms of shooting uh, from Glendale Jones uh, in terms of court awareness, you know, from, from, from Henry Ward. I mean, he was an undersized center, but he had this competitive spirit, man, that, you know, come thick or thin, you know, you, you always knew he had your back, you know? And so it was just a number of guys. And then even my roommate, man, Greg Connors, you know, uh, uh, you know, Greg and I were roommates for a while and, uh, you know, he poured a lot into me. I learned a lot from him, from him, and he's, you know, probably my oh, wow. best friend to this day. You know, so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, man, along the way, uh, you know, we never can take credit for whatever we accomplished, man. My success, uh, all the things that I've done, is just a result of, you know, all of you, even your That's dad, it. man, yeah. uh, Mr. Yeah. Bishop. You know, everybody poured into us, man. So. You know, the list is well, very, let me, very let me, long. Let me ask you this as a as a follow up. You know, you talk about your, your teammates and the success of the program and standing on shoulders. You know, this this past NBA draft uh, uh, this this earlier this year, you know, you had two brothers for the first time ever, you know, taken in the top five. Alonzo Ball and LaMelo Ball, you know, were drafted in the, in the top five in their particular drafts. But, you know, we've pointed out. Uh, to our Jackson State fans and HBCU base and people all over the NBA world that the first time it ever happened, uh, as far as two brothers going in the top 10, was from Jackson State University. And, you know, it was uh, Eugene. Your brother was the ninth overall pick in 75. And then you were the fifth overall pick three years later in 78. What was that time frame like from uh, – 75 to 78 when you see him get drafted and then you're still playing and then 78 when you also won the first round what did that mean to you as brothers to jackson state at the time and to hbcu sports oh man it meant uh uh the world you know because number one you know oftentimes uh you know when you go to a smaller school uh you know uh people uh, I don't think they do it intentionally, but, you know, they kind of wonder whether or not, you know, you're as talented as, you know, mm-hmm. uh, folks say you are. Uh, you know, I think that it it it, it put, uh, you know, uh, Jackson State on the map. You know, it, it, it placed the HBCU in a position where, you know, hey, there is great talent. It's been a lot of HBCU talent that's came, uh, you know, out of uh, that, 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 whole environment into the nba you know guys that came before me guys that have come after me but uh that period was so important because it really uh raised uh or opened people's eyes even more and for me personally uh when i saw guys like walter payton when i saw guys like my brother 
drafted as high as they were drafted. You know, man, it just gives you this sense of hope. You know, I think, um, uh, you know, to accomplish anything in life, it's always important to have uh, somebody that's done it before. You know, that's why it's so important that we all got a chance to see Barack Obama mm-hmm. as a black president. You know, now, you know, hey, that 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 ceiling has been broken. We know that uh, that can happen. We see Kamala Harris as the uh, first uh, as the vice president um, uh, that's going to be coming in, you know, for young ladies out there. Hey, you know, you can you can be this. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think it was important not only for myself, but for all aspiring athletes, whether you were attending Jackson State or an HBCU at that time or you were, you know, aspiring to be a basketball player. You know, uh, uh, by us doing it, you know, uh, 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 it gave you the sense that, hey, I can do it, too. And that's the way I feel. I said, man, if they can, you know, do that coming from Jackson State, then, you know, what's 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 stopping me? You know, uh, uh, I got to tell you, you know, Jackson State is one of those family environments, you know, uh, where older siblings get there first, even older first cousins, what have you. And so. I can appreciate being a younger brother because, you know, my older brother, direct older brother's name is Kirby. And for probably the first 20 years of my life, you know, my name was Kirby's little brother. <laughs> and, and and when you talk about putting in work, I, I can I can tell you, Purvis, that 90 percent of the effort I made in high school in Jackson State was to get people to know my name. <laughs> and, and not know. And So, you know, you have these motivations out there and, and to see you playing with your brother and the things you learned from him and other opponents, and then to go on and get drafted as well in the first round three years later, it really just speaks to, you know, like you said, people don't accomplish these things alone. It just, it just speaks to that HBCU environment uh, and how we can achieve if we're just given that opportunity. Absolutely. And I can identify with what you're saying because, you know, for a long time uh, early on, you mm-hmm. know, I was Eugene Short's brother, you know? And so, you know, you just, you know, you want you to have your own identity in life and, you know, it's nothing against, you know, your brother or anything like that, but everybody mm-hmm. wants their place and everybody wants to be recognized for who they are. So I can certainly identify with that, man. And all the lessons that I learned from, from Jackson State, man, is really, uh, you know, again, I think I mentioned this early on, it's, it certainly helped me uh, throughout my life because, you know, man, I've had a long career here in this NBA environment. I played 12 years uh, as a player. Uh, you know, during that time, I was a player rep for eight years. And then I was fortunate enough, the guys elected me to be one of the vice mm. presidents of the union uh, my last four years. And then after that, I spent a year in Israel, came back, uh, and then I was off a job with the Players State. Association. Yeah. Yeah. People, people don't even know all this. Right. You know, and so, yeah, man. So I've been, uh, you know, I've been uh, as a player for 12 years and then for 27 plus years, I've been working with the uh, NBA Players Association, the union that represents all NBA players. And so my title today is uh, Chief of Player Programs uh, with the NBA Players Association. I have a department that I run, staff under me and all the programs and services that we had, you know, that our players uh, uh, enjoy. You know, my staff and I, you know, along with uh, folks from the NBA, we we're the ones that administer that. So whether it's, you know, career development education, whether it's financial education, whether it's, you know, health education, whether it's, you know, substance abuse or whatever, you know, any issues that a professional athlete 
or an NBA player, I should say, you know, would encounter or have to deal with, uh, you know, somewhere in the midst of all that is my team and I. So, uh, you know, I take great pride in where I am today, but uh, what I take the most pride in is knowing that, you know, uh, man, I was fortunate and blessed enough, you know, to be able to attend such a wonderful institution as Jackson Mm -hmm. State University. And, uh, you know, the result of that is that, you know, all the things that, you know, you read about and folks try to say that you need to have, you know, I learned professionalism, I learned time uh, management, I learned, you know, how to how to persevere through tough times, you know, I learned how to, you know, be respectful of, of other people, regardless of, you know, their age or gender, you know, so it was just so many lessons that I learned and I didn't realize how much that I had learned until I got in this environment, right? You know, because uh, once you become an NBA player, you know, you don't have folks there just trying to guide you oftentimes. At least that's the way it was when I came in. You were kind of left out there on your own. And so for a lot of situations, the only thing that I had to fall back upon was the lessons that I learned from Jackson, man. You know, and I was like, well, shit, you know, they, uh, 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 you know, it served me well when I learned them and, and used them at Jackson. Why can't it, you know, serve me well now? And uh, man, so every day I wake up, I thank God, you know, for, you know, my journey, you know, and then Jackson State was a big part of that journey. And I just appreciate you guys allowing me to share a little bit of we where I am. We're not, we not, we not done with you yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got time. clock. And you were just listening to episode one with no other than Purvis Short. And we'll be back for part two. Purvis Short, Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. And that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners. Rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love.